You're listening to Randall Parker's Film Club, presented by me, Randall Parker. As you may be able to hear, I'm currently sat on a National Express coach bound for Penzance. That's in Cornwall. And we're working our way through Birmingham City Centre bound for the M5. Now, don't worry, uh, we'll go up to the usual bollocks we do, like we'll have a couple of film reviews, a couple of emails, some of the other bits and bobs, you know. Uh, yeah, I thought I'd treat myself to a break. Now I'd like an autumn holiday, is there? Uh, you got the old place to yourself now, the kids have fucked off back to school. Six weeks off? Fuck off. Uh, teachers say they're hard done to, they talk shit, hit a kid, do a bit of marking, sounds a piece of piss, that does. So I went on the old internet, found a nice late bargain, sounds posh does the hotel. Well they're not going to call it the Premier and if it's shit are they? You've got to love a couch trip. Admittedly it would be a lot better if it was just me and Ken on the couch but you can't have everything can you? Don't think some of the people here are the full shilling or have ever seen a bar of soap. Yeah, so I uh, bought Ken with me. He's a bit out of sorts recently, ever since he went to the dentist last week. Don't like the dentist, do you, Ken? He's a bastard. Now, now, Ken, calm down. It was your own fault for missing your last checkup, wasn't it? Don't like him, he's a bad man. Yes, Ken, bad man. Yeah. Yeah, do you want the window seat? Would that make you better? Yeah, please. All right, then, let's swap. Hang on a sec. Is that better? Yeah, better. Can I have a bag of crisps? No, not yet, Ken. You can't have a bag of crisps. You just had a belly buster breakfast. I've been putting off going to Cornwall for fucking years. Because of that fucking Doc Martin programme. Fucking shit that is, isn't it? It's like a modern day version of Lovejoy, but with all the jokes and charm taken out of it. Yeah, Mr White brought me down to Cornwall about 1976, I think it was. That really odd fucking year, yeah. Spent most of the holiday holding me hand and buying me ice creams whilst Mrs White sat in the deck chair crying. Fucking strange woman she was, always referred to me as that child and cried when I walked in her room. Yeah, she was a bit odd. Randall Parker's Film Fact Slap happy Oscar thief Will Smith likes to tell people he actually likes it when his wife says to him, You're not wearing that jumper, are you? Randall Parker's Film Fact Old Joe, who died a couple of months back, well, I mentioned that some fucker had been trying to get in touch with me to settle his old debts. Well, he finally caught up with me and it turns out quite the opposite. Well, not quite the opposite. The opposite would be him knocking on an alive Joe's door wanting to settle dead Randall's debts, wouldn't he? He was actually a solicitor and he said I'd been named in old Joe's will, but in a good way. Uh, old Joe, who used to nick tea bags off me, uh, never had the eating on, uh, he left me £768,429.36 new pence. Fuck knows where he got that sort of money from. Uh, turns out he didn't leave his sister a single fucking penny and that's why her and her son were banging on my door the other week. He also left me a letter which I've got here. Hang on a minute. Where is it? Fuck's sake, where did I fucking... Where the fuck did I put that? Oh, fucking... Fuck knows, I've lost it. Uh, anyways, he said in the letter he wanted me to have it as he often used to lie in bed at night thinking of how it would boil his sister's piss knowing that he left his money to someone who would probably waste it on low-end prostitutes. So that's a bit of good news, isn't it? Good old Joe. Still misses freezing cold feet in the small of my back. 
Anyway, I've put the money in the Abbey National or whatever it's called these days. It was the Abbey when he opened the account back in the late 90s. Uh, it's going to stay there for the foreseeable future until I can decide what I'm going to do with it all. Well, apart from 1,500 quid I've drawn out for the holiday, you've got to have a pasty or two, haven't you? Uh, National Express coaches used to have a fat lass walking up and down who's selling club biscuits and cans of warm pop, but it looks like it binned them off. Good job we stopped off at the little and bought that 24-pack of crisps. You okay now, Ken? Yes, thank you. Yeah, good boy, good boy. Uh, they say good luck comes in threes, don't they? Well, I'm back home, one. Uh, old Joe's money, two. And the third thing is, the day after my windfall, the dating app Snatched burst back into life. Must have been some sort of technical glitch, because I don't know whether you remember or not. Uh, I ticked about 500 women, and not one of them had got back to me. There I was the other night watching Bake Off on all four and my fucking phone starts beeping. Thought it had fucked up or something, but it was all these alerts from Snatch. Tell you the truth, I'd forgotten I'd got the fucking app. Uh, so I got, I think it was 127 matches. Uh, some of the ladies even sent pictures, some you wouldn't want to show your nan. And I even got a full naked picture from Sharon the Vicar. That's definitely something you don't want to see halfway through Bread Week. Emails. I mean, these couches are amazing, aren't they? They've uh, got uh, Wi-Fi and everything, so I can check the emails and crack on. So we've got a couple, so let's get banging. The first one goes, Dear Randall, imagine the scenario. You are sat on top of a building with a big rocket launcher. Don't know why, can't be asked to figure out the logistics of it all. You just are. Uh, whilst up on the roof, you can see into the building opposite, and there's a party, and it's full of your most hated celebrities. They're having a big party. Ryan Reynolds is laughing and joking with Brie Larson, Vin Diesel's having a manly or with Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and Will Smith is setting up the karaoke to perform some of his greatest hits. You realise you could blow them all up with your rocket launcher and no one would be a witness, and so you could get away with it without a massive bollocking off the police. So you take aim, and just at the point you're about to pull the trigger, the doorbell rings and your nearest and dearest and friends and family walk into the party. This puts you in a dilemma. Uh, you'll never get the chance to wipe these celebrities off the face of the planet again, but in doing so, you will kill all of your loved ones. What do you do? Best wishes, Karen Carney. Blow the fucking thing up. What do you fucking think? Uh, next email goes, Dear Andal, me and the lads love your podcast. Recently, we're having a pint down the local pub, and we got round to the subject of little white lies that you tell people. Tony started off about how he always felt bad about saying to his two daughters that the tooth fairy always leaves them a quid under their pillows whenever the tooth falls out. Dahlia said that he thought that was sweet and Tony shouldn't feel too bad about it. Dahlia said he always feels bad for lying to his mum that everything would be okay when she went in for that operation, knowing full well there was only a 40% chance of her getting through it. Sam then pipes up and says he absolutely hated the fact that every week he has to look Tony in the eye and lie about the fact that last October he walked in on Darius getting noshed off by Tony's wife. As you can imagine, this was like a red rag to a bull. Tony roundhouse kicked Sam to the head, then proceeded to kneel on his neck until he lost consciousness. And as I write this email, Darius is in emergency surgery, having his cock stitched back on. But my question to you is this. Have you ever told anyone a white lie? And if so, what is it? Fucking hell, lads, it's like an episode of EastEnders down there. Now, I try not to lie, because you get into all sorts of trouble, and more often than not, you forget what you've told people and cock it all up. There's nothing wrong with a little white lie, though, is there? Just as long as, you know, it's there to protect people's feelings. 
Dr. Thomas said to Ken that Lulu the cat's death had nothing to do with him. Is that? Uh, nothing, Ken. What have I told you about listening into Paravi conversations? Sorry. Fuck, let's do a review quick. So on to the today's first review. It's off the list of greatest films of all time, a copy of which is available on the website www.thisisthedarkcorridor.com. Now, the very top of the list is this film. It's from 1972, directed by Francis Ford Coppola, and it's called The Godfather. Now, it cracks off in 1945, just after the main war, the one with the Nazis in it. And there's this wedding, and it's at this mafia boss's house. And he's known as the Godfather. And because he's the father of the bride, and he's a Godfather, everyone's going into him and asking him to do stuff because he can't say no on the day of his daughter's wedding. My Uncle Kenny's my godfather, he's never done me any fucking favours. He just sits in his wheelchair, pissing into a bag whilst watching Tenable with Warwick fucking Davis. Anyhow, sat outside is his son Michael, and he's with his girlfriend, and she says, what's your dad do for a living? And he says, he's a baddie, but a nice one who only kills other baddies, not one of those baddies that does rapes and murders. And she goes, oh, okay then. Then... Next into the Godfather's room is a singer who says, please can you get me a part in a film? And the Godfather says, yes, okay, then sends a bald man off to sort it out, which he does by cutting up a horse and putting it in a bloke's bed. Next day, uh, a man turns up at the Godfather's shop and says, let's join our teams together selling drugs. And the Godfather says, no, thank you. And then the man gets some baddies to shoot the Godfather. But what with him being such a fat fucker, he don't die. And his son, Sonny, takes over whilst the Godfather gets better. Then Michael from earlier gets punched by a policeman and then him and Sonny come up with a plan to meet the drug man and the copper who punched him so Michael can shoot them dead and go on his holidays. So this starts a war between the Mafia families and the Godfather's son called Sonny who gets shot to death by some nasty bastards uh, then the Godfather comes out of hospital and sorts the war out. Michael comes back off his holiday and says to his dad when you drop dead can I have your job? Uh, and he goes yeah sure. Anyway, time passes and the Godfather dies and Michael takes over the job. Then there's a christening and a load of people get shot and it sort of ends there. Fucking hell. This seemed to go on for days and fucking days. Apparently there's two more of these fuckers. I don't think we've got to bother with them. Uh, one thing I will say is this film is fucking dark. Should have invested in a torch or two, you know. Could have seen what was going on. And how long was it going on for? I'm never getting that time back. Uh, I think it's a case of people saying they like this film because it's a film that people say they like because other people say they like it because they think they have to say they like it otherwise people think you don't like films. Uh, ratings wise, I'm going to put this on a par with something like Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. Yeah, it's that bad. That was The Godfather. Watch that if you want to sit through four hours of moody fuckers mumbling then see four people get shot. talking about horses getting cut up and things like that last Wednesday was bin day and I was putting out the fucking thing and it weighed a ton so I opened it and had a look inside there was two fucking dead dogs in there so I goes in and I says to mum have you been on a rampage again but it turns out Dave dogged her put him there the previous Monday so I says to mum why the fuck couldn't he use his own bin and she says to me right you ready for this he can't put them in his bin in case the police check there He's back out of prison up to his old tricks. Been in there eight years, he fucking has. Daft arse is sniffing around mum again as well. He's been a mate to me mum since well before I was born. He's got a birthmark on his right arse cheek, the same shape and place as mine. Funny that, ain't it? 
sorted once when he's taking a shit on our front lawn back in the 80s. Films that what I would like to see. So, on to the part of the podcast where I pitch an idea for a film, what I would like to see. It's just a bit of fun, but having said that, if there's a film company out there that likes the idea and want to pay me a few quid, then send me an email. Now, this film is called Like Father. So, this week's film's about a bloke. They usually are, though, aren't they? Uh, he's in his 20s, you know, 25, 30s, and he's living on his own, doing a wanky job, and he's pretty lonely. And one day, this bloke knocks on his door, and he's about 50, and this bloke says to him, Hello, Dad, I'm from the future. Now, the young bloke thinks at first, fuck off. But the older bloke convinces him, uh, don't know how yet, I am figured that out. And after getting on really well, the young bloke says to the older bloke, uh, am I a good dad? And the older bloke says, fucked if I know, you die in three days' time after getting me mum up the chute. So the rest of the film will be them to, you know, getting to get the young bloke to shag the old bloke's mum and get her up the duff and then try not to get killed after doing it. I won't spoil the ending for you. Uh, looking at that written down actually that's quite good I could see George Clooney as the older bloke and someone like Tom Thingy you know Spider-Man as the young lad yeah films that what I would like to see as I said I thought I'd treat Big Kent to holiday with some of my newfound wealth You've not been happy, Bunny, since you went to the dentist, have you, Ken? He's fucking evil. Yeah, yeah, Ken, he's fucking evil, yeah. Between you and me, though, that dentist deserves a medal the size of a fucking bin lid. Ken's teeth ain't the best, and his breath's fucking rank. Uh, poor dentist had to jet wash the tartar off at first, with a carcher before he started. So I booked us a week away. Uh, I didn't want to go on my own. Where's the fun in that? You can't share a sunset on your own, can you? It was either Ken or my mum, and after Amsterdam, Ken seemed like the only viable option. So, we went up nice and early to get the bu- get down to the bus station to catch the National Express down to Penzance. So I turned up at Ken's house this morning about 6.30, opens the door, and I was greeted with the sight of his mum sat on the bog having one of her legendary shits. Their bog door is directly at the top of the stairs, so you get prime view when you're at the front door. Never shits with the door closed, does she, Ken, your mum? Well, she says it's down to creative freedom when the door's shut. It fucking stank. God knows what she'd been eating, but I can pretty much guarantee it had a reduced yellow sticker on its fucking rank. She does shit a lot, does Ken's mum, at least five times a day. Then again, she does always say she's eating for two. No, no, she's not pregnant. Fuck no, no, she's about 100. Uh, she's talking about a leg tumour, yeah. Uh, she talks about it as if he's another person, giving it a name and everything. What she call it, Ken? Michael. She says he's a favourite son. Fuck's sake. Randall Parker's Film Fact Kung Fu legend Jackie Chan likes to unwind after a long day on set by shouting at passers-by from his hotel window. Randall Parker's Film Fact we get down to the bus station about 7.30, so I thought it'd be a nice idea to treat us both to a belly buster breakfast at the cafe at the bus station. Yes, I know it's a whole two quid more expensive than the one they do down the Asda, but I've got to stick to my principles. Not had a breakfast in there since the falling out over the hash browns on a full English breakfast. Now, I'd like to take the opportunity to set the record straight. I don't have a problem with hash browns. In fact, I've eaten my fair share of them over the past few years. Uh, my problem is that they aren't English, so I have no place on a full English breakfast. 
Ash browns started appearing on breakfast menus in New York in the 1890s and at some point they started to stick them on a full English breakfast. You can't just go doing things like that, making up your own rules. It's fucking anarchy. It's just because people eat them for breakfast, you can't stick them on, some, on a full English, can you? What next? Cocoa Pops? Sugar Puffs? Fuck's sake. A full English consists of bacon, eggs, sausage, beans, tomatoes, fried bread and mushrooms and possibly black pudding if you're having the belly buster. Having a mug of tea, don't forget that. Fuck, I'm making myself hungry. I had one about 45 minutes ago. Uh, so, bacon, eggs, sausage, beans, tomatoes, fried bread, mushrooms and black pudding. That's 100% full English breakfast. If you were to add into that mix a couple of ash browns, that takes the percentage of English components down to 93%. It's not a full English, it's just a fucking fry-up. Advertise it as a fry-up and don't get upset when I ever go at you and I order one in the Asda Caf when you've put ash browns on me full English. It's a 93% English breakfast. Whilst I'm on the subject, it also pisses me off when someone calls it an all-day breakfast. Especially when they don't serve them all fucking day. Last time I checked, a day lasts 24 hours. I don't make the rules, I just have to abide by them and so do you, fucking dickhead. Uh, all, all day means all fucking day, don't it? Uh, you're going to the Asda Cafe at 4.30 and order one, right? And by the time you're at your table and you're tucking in, they're tutting at you, mopping the floor around your fucking feet, wiping the table and asking if you're finished with every fucking mouthful. Also, odd with this concept, if it's supposed to be an all-day breakfast, then by right I should be able to rock up at 3.28am in the morning, order one. If I can't, don't advertise it as an all-day breakfast, advertise it as an eight-hour breakfast, or just a fucking fry-up. It's all just a big mess of bollocks, it's just people being poncy twats and trying to dress things up to look cool. Like craft beer wankers. Fucking hell, Ken, don't get me started on craft beer wankers. Oh, just stop, will you? They're a bunch of daft twats. When I was a lad, the only people who had beards were tramps and people who worked at university. Now every fucker's got one, haven't they? But that's beside the point. Craft beer, or as is more commonly known, beer. Uh, no matter how much you dress it up, it's the same fucking drink people have been drinking for centuries. Except you've put it in a shiny little can and charged three times the fucking price for it. Still tastes as sick, no matter how much chocolate, orange or strawberry you try to infuse with it. You see them, don't you? Ooh, this has got a hint of grapefruit. No, mate, that's your fucking B.O. because you fucking stink because your organic deodorant's fucking wank. Fucking hell, Ken, you've got me dandruff. Film fuck-ups. So, on to film fuck-ups this week, the section of the podcast where we take a look at a, well, a fuck-up that happens in a film. You know the sort of thing, don't you? Everyone's got a favourite one. This week it's from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the shit one with Johnny Depp's in it, not the proper one. And now, during the opening credits, we see the Wally Wanker popping the golden tickets in the chocolate bars, ready to go out into the big barred world to be found by everyone. And he places tickets on the back of the chocolate bars. But when Charlie opens up his bar later, the tickets on the front of the chocolate bar. I saw that, and it ruined the rest of the film. Well, that and the fact it's charmless shit. Uh, something else that's always bothered me about that film is the grandparents. They stay in bed all the fucking time saying that they're ill. But as soon as they get a chance of a free trip around the chocolate factory, the old granddad's up out the bed dancing round like a prick. Let's just have the DWP don't see on the news because that'll fucking claim right up, won't it, you prick? Film fuck-ups. Ken, Ken, I'm sure someone in this couch has shit themselves, I'm sure of it. Can you smell that? That's fucking disgusting. Randall Parker's Poetry Corner. We fucking classy like. So let's crack on with the Poetry Corner section of the podcast. Seems to have been a bit of a hit with some of you. 
but not with rival podcaster The Dark Corridor, who sent me an email saying that it was shit. But I'm cracking on with it no matter what that tool says, so here goes. Now, this week's subject is my half-brother slash step-brother, who isn't either, especially as mum and Mr White are getting divorced, so here goes. Francis by Randall Parker You're an idiot, a thorn in my side, forced together through childhood. Rivals, anger, hatred from both. And your fiancé looks just like meatloaf. <laughs> oh, Ken likes that one. Yeah. yeah, like that, don't you, Ken? It's funny because she does. <laughs> yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth. Careful, Ken, what's that drum kit? Sorry, Randall. Why have you got a drum kit on the bus? Mum can't be trusted with it. And it's a couch, not a bus. Randall Parker's Poetry Corner Re fucking classy like. But these couch seats are very fucking comfy, are they? My arse has gone numb. We've got another six hours on this. When I was a lad during the school holidays, I used to get up, go out, meet me mates, jump off the top of the garages behind the big houses on the posh estate, get knocked off me bar, get me head kicked in by the big kids, and I'd be fine, not a mark on me. Back out the next day for more of the same. These days I'll put me back out having a morning shit. Randall's requests. So on to the part of the podcast where you, the listener, request a film for me to review. Now, this week we've had an email from a listener called Peter File, and he's asked me to review a film from 1998. Fucking hell, that's 24 years ago. That's half 24 fucking years. Fucking hell, depressed myself there. It's from 1998, directed by... Now, I'm not even going to attempt to say that. It's a Japanese man anyway. And it's called Pokemon, the first movie. Now before we get into the nitty gritty, some of you will know about my feelings on the subject of Pokemon, mainly it being wank and childish, yeah I'm more of a Yu-Gi-Oh fan, more complex and inclusive whereas Pokemon is just for fucking kids. So let's crack on with this, it sort of starts off with a little mini film called Pikachu's Vacation and it follows a little yellow Pokemon and his owner Ash and he takes him to a theme park where he gets to fuck about with all the Pokemon and there are some distressing scenes where a Charizard gets his head stuck in a pipe. I have to admit, I did have to look away at that point, poor little bugger. Well, anyway, it goes into the main bit of the film, which is titled Mewtwo Strikes Back. Now, this starts off at a lab where some scientist is trying to make a clone based on an old mystical Pokemon called Mew. So he's only doing this so he can make a new daughter from the remains of his dead daughter. It's always a dead daughter in these sort of films, isn't there? Anyway, he cracks it and makes a, a new Mew and calls it Mewtwo. Now, the scientist's new daughter that he's made uh, bonds consciousness with a Mewtwo and then she melts and this pisses off Mewtwo who starts to tear shit up and they drug him up so he forgets everything. And he wakes up years later and he's a grown-up Mewtwo. He gets pissed off and fucks off. Starts to plot on how he's going to kill the humans because they're all wankers. Anyway, time passes and Ash and his Pokemon go to this tournament where Pokemon wank about and do whatever they do. And it just so happens this tournament's run by Mewtwo. And his plan is to kill all the humans or something. I'd lost the will to live at this point. And there's this whole bit about clones of Pokemon fighting the non-clones of Pokemon. And Ash gets killed. And Mew, not Mewtwo, turns up and makes Ash not dead and beats the fuck out of Mewtwo and it all comes out right in the wash. The end. Fucking hell, this was shit. Proper shit. Full on shit. Shit with sugar on it. Christ, no wonder I need a fucking holiday. Uh, ratings wise, I'm going to put this on a par with drinking bleach. That was Pokemon the first movie. 
Uh, watch that if you've got no decency about you. Randall's requests. Uh, to tell you the truth, the main reason I've come away is to get away from Mum. She's been doing my fucking head in ever since she found out old Joe left me all that money. Uh, she said to me the other morning that technically that money should have been hers because she carried me for nine months and then spent the next 50 years wiping me arse. Why does everyone keep saying that? It was one time when my arm was in a fucking sling, for fuck's sake. She even found me Auntie Christine, who phoned me and started uh, having a go at me about giving Mum the money. I told her to bugger off right away, and uh, so I looked online and booked a week away and just let the dust settle. I should be turning the house upside down now, trying to find the cash. Good luck with that, you daft cow. Randall recommends... Now... On to the part of the podcast where I recommend a film for you to watch. Now this week's film is from 2015 and for some reason some people fucking hate it. But I fucking love it. And it's called Mordecai. It's about an art dealer played by Johnny Depps. And he gets up to all sorts of stuff whilst trying to sort out a murder. That's what someone's done. And it's a right laugh. Uh, it's also got Gwyneth Paltrow in but don't let that put you off. Uh, get it watched. Randall's requests. I think that's all I've got for now. Uh, hope you've enjoyed it. We're getting back into the swing of things again, aren't we? Uh, if you want to get in touch with me, if you've got any questions or want to say hi, then the email address is randallparker1971 at gmail.com. I really would love to hear from you, especially if you're from a film company and want to buy the idea for your film. Uh, you excited, Ken? Yeah, dead excited. Uh, we're off to enjoy our holiday. Going to start a sing-song? No, you fucking can't. I'm off to spend some of my inheritance. Too for a bit.